0: Still in the 22nd chapter of St. Luke's Gospel, we find ourselves now in the upper room. When the hour came, Jesus took his place at the table and the apostles with him. He said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then he took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he did the same with the cup after supper, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. The word of God for the people of God. In the um, New English Bible... At the point when Jesus is arrested in Gethsemane, a place in the story that we will get to just a little bit later in the service. But it's the text that you heard on Sunday morning. When Jesus is arrested in Gethsemane, he turns to those who've come to take hold of him. And he says, do you take me for a bandit that you have come out with swords and cudgels to arrest me? Day after day, when I was in the temple with you, you kept your hands off me. But this, this is your moment. The hour when darkness reigns. And it's no accident that in the New English Bible, that's how it's said. And the choir's anthem tonight has that title. And so does my meditation. This is your moment, Jesus says. On Thursday night, on the night of the Last Supper, the night of his arrest, the night before his crucifixion. This is your moment, the hour when darkness reigns. It's an hour of darkness for Jesus. He was betrayed by Judas and he saw it coming. He was arrested. He was taken to the authorities, both civil and ecclesial. He was beaten, ridiculed, and finally crucified. If it's an hour of darkness for the Son of God, it's also an hour of darkness for us. Whether we are among those who resist darkness or simply tolerate it. This is a time when darkness reigns. And we gather in this service tonight and in any services that we may attend tomorrow and Saturday. To acknowledge the fact that there are times in life of Jesus, in our world and in our own lives when darkness reigns. There are those times. Our Christian faith is such a positive thing. Filled with grace. We speak all the time, don't we, of life and light and grace and love and forgiveness and redemption and friendship and caring. All of those important things. And that's particularly true of us Wesleyan Christians because that's our faith perspective. Our faith perspective is that that primary among God's attributes is grace. And we United Methodists like the, like the Eskimos have many words for snow, we have many words for grace and many descriptive words that describe it. For us, for Wesleyans, God's grace is primary. Our Christian faith is such a positive thing, hopeful thing. And it's those Positive, hopeful things that, that when we look at the Gospels, we see them sticking out and reaching out and grabbing us. Those are the things, those positive, hopeful things are the things that Jesus calls us to represent on his behalf. But we also know that the brightness of the light doesn't impress us until we've lived for a time in the dark. The depth of love does not get through to us until we've experienced the measure of loss. We don't appreciate, we don't appreciate the warmth of summer until we've lived through a dark cold winter. How about that? Before we can celebrate, there must be work. Before we can experience resurrection, there must be death. Before joy can be truly joy, we must have experienced sorrow. Last week in Kansas City, A man shot and killed three people. He killed a physician and his teenage grandson and a woman, mother of three, going to visit her mother in a nursing home. He killed them because he hated Jewish people and he presumed his victims to be Jewish, though they were not. What a dark and evil crime committed by someone who nurtured and nourished darkness within himself you and I are quick to denounce such things, and rightly so, because we see and recognize the darkness, and we do not endorse it. There are times when we tolerate it. Even if we don't promote it, we allow it to exist among us, unquestioned and unchallenged. How often does it happen, sisters and brothers, when you and I hear someone say something hostile Or do something unkind and we simply stand silently by, tolerating the darkness, letting it stand, leaving it unchallenged and unquestioned. That man in Kansas City thinks himself a Christian, a disciple of Jesus who has done his Lord's bidding. Probably, likely, because no one like you or me has ever stood up and challenged him. No, that is darkness and not light. We live in the midst of darkness, the darkness of evil deeds like that, the darkness of what Jesus experienced during these last days of his life. Sometimes we create the darkness by our own deeds, but most often we don't have any choice about it. We are the victims of it. It invades our space and imposes itself on us. But we don't, have to, we don't have to let the darkness into our spirits and our souls. You and I can hold on to the light of Christ that has dawned within us. And the light of Easter that dawns on Sunday morning. We can hold on to that light despite any darkness around us. Just a couple of hours ago. I stopped at Holy Spirit Hospital. To visit Gail Elder. And... I asked her, Gail, how are you doing? And she said, I don't think I have much time left. That's not what I was hoping to hear, I said. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. It's a dark moment in room 403. But that darkness... That darkness has not taken up residence in Gail's spirit. It has not taken in her soul. She still holds fast to the light and she still moves intentionally toward it. And so can you, if she can do it now, you and I can do it too. Despite any ...darkness or meanness or hostility or unkindness or failure, we can hold on to the light and move toward it. In Jesus our Christ, we have a friend who holds the light before us and holds the light for us, who reconciles us to God, who redeems us and saves us. He held on to God's light through the time of deepest darkness... He leads us through any darkness, every darkness that we face with the light of God's salvation. Jesus encourages us and strengthens us to confront the darkness, not allowing it to stand. Challenging it and doing all that we can to make sure it does not hold sway. But when all is said and done, when Jesus himself hangs on the cross and dies... And the darkness descends fully. He held on to the light. He held on to the light and he helps us to hold on to it too. And on Easter morning when the light dawns, we will see it unmistakably. In Christ himself and in each other. Don't let the darkness invade your soul. Sometimes we can't avoid it. But we can hold on To God's light. Amen.